Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Calm Collective Podcast. I'm Cassandra, and as always, I'm so grateful that you're here with me today. I have a little bit of a scratchy throat, so please forgive me in this episode. My voice sounds a little bit deeper and just um, like I'm trying extra hard to talk, but I'm so excited to deliver today's episode with Danielle Shug of The Mindful Blonde holy cow, if you don't follow her on Instagram, I can't recommend it enough. She is just like this ray of light and really such a calming presence. And now more than ever, that's really resonated so deeply with me as I'm in this season of sort of just really taking inventory of what the outside world is bringing into my life personally. And right now it's really all about just just the soothing tones and the soothing messages and um, the healing modalities. And that pretty much sums up Danielle and her work with the Mindful Blonde in a nutshell. I'm so grateful that she's taking the space to share herself with all of us today. In this episode, she is so lovely and just has no reservations about cracking wide open when it comes to her healing journey and issues that she's endured in the past with control with food and just sort of how that has shaped her into the woman that she is today, which is someone who is just in this really beautiful space of self-awareness and radical self-acceptance. And she pays that full circle by taking on clients through her beautiful coaching program, which we also talk about towards the end of the episode. If you love this episode, which I know that you will, I would be so grateful if you would share with any friends, any family that you think might need this message. And also if you can take just 30 seconds or so to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review, that always helps the podcast so much just to organically grow and just land in the laps of the people who might need it most. So thank you so much. And let's get into today's episode with Danielle Shug of The Mindful Blonde. Danielle, I'm so grateful to have you here. I've been following you and your journey online for quite a while now and really gravitate towards just you and your message so deeply. So I can't wait to have this conversation with you today and to share you with all of the listeners. Hi, Cassandra. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to speak about everything Mm -hmm. and anything over the next 60 minutes and I just I can't wait to dive deeper with your audience yes me too so before we dive in I just want to say congratulations on your little babe how is the pregnancy going thank you thank you I'm actually in my 30 just coming up to 30 weeks now and it's been it's been really really good up until now I can't complain I think the first trimester was a little bit trying and Mm. my second trimester was really good now entering the third trimester, I'm. Uh, I think I'm being asked to slow down a mm. lot, so uh, just kind of getting used to that. But growing rapidly, but feeling just really good and so blessed and so excited to bring this little baby into the world. Yeah, you look amazing. When are you due? The due date is it keeps changing on us, but it's around the beginning of July. So we okay. have like the fifth, the seventh, the tenth. Those are the three dates that we've been. Uh, oh my gosh! Okay. Oh, that's yeah. so exciting. So I love painting a picture for the listeners. So can you just tell us where you are now and what life is looking like for you in this present moment? Yes, absolutely. So 
Um, like literally where I am right now in the world is outside of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So I'm living in just a smaller town. It's like Niagara on the Lake. If anyone knows Mm. Niagara Falls, it's outside of um, Niagara Falls with my husband. And we live here in the spring and summer months. And then come fall and winter, we actually live in Europe because of his work. So um, that's where I'm literally at right now. (laughs) That's so cool. Where have you lived in Europe this far? So up until this point, we've lived in Riga, Latvia, which is Eastern Europe. And then we moved to Germany. So we lived in a small town called Augsburg in Germany. Mm. We've lived in Munich, Germany. We've lived in Cologne, Germany. Um, we've lived in Finland. Uh, most recently, we just we were in Finland near Helsinki, actually, for, for a couple of months. And due to all of the uh, coronavirus and everything that's going yeah. on, we had to come home sooner than expected. But mm. yeah, that's... Uh, my gosh. Those places we've lived in over the last four years. What a magical experience. Can I ask what he does just out of curiosity? Yeah, no, of course. Um, He plays hockey professionally. Oh, so, that makes sense. Yes. So, yeah, we go we go over there um, to, like I said, for the fall and the winter mm-hmm. because uh, that's when you play hockey. <laughs> that's so cool. So for those who are new to you and your story, could you give us just a little backstory as to where you came from, maybe what your upbringing was like and what got you to where you are today and just the message that you cultivate and share with the world through your Instagram and through your work? Yeah, definitely. I I love this question. I also have a hard time answering it just because I feel like <laughs> I, I've gone through so much. I'm going to be sure. 30 now. So I think like trying to wrap 30 years into mm-hmm. um, even a couple minutes is, is tough. But yeah. I grew up in southern Ontario so anyone who's familiar with um, Canada I grew up in like the most southern spot in Canada it's actually close to Detroit Michigan so yeah I lived you could call it on a bordered city Um, and I grew up in a family of four I was the oldest of four of us and I had three younger brothers oh wow yeah so that was (laughs) That was so fun. I like adore them. We're we're so close. My parents are the most incredible people, mm-hmm. and they did an absolute fantastic job at raising us. I couldn't have asked for a better childhood and just adolescence. It was amazing. And then I went away to university to Western um, University in London, Ontario, okay. and I got um, like a bachelor's bachelor's degree in business there and I specialized in human resources I was never really even in the wellness space up until my early 20s I was working corporate HR and then I just found this this like passion for wellness but that passion kind of turned into an obsession and Mm. things sort of started spiraling for my health but I became a yoga instructor during my early 20s as well I really fell in love with that practice of yoga. And, um, I have been with my husband now for 11 years. So we started dating really, really young. Mm -hmm. And then I 
had to up and move to, like I said, he plays hockey professionally. So I actually moved to North Carolina. He was working and playing there and I quit my job. We had been doing long distance for six years. So the time it had come to that time, Mm -hmm. um, I spent some time living in the U S and that's kind of when I think a lot of things started to fall apart for me health wise. I, kind of was going through an identity crisis. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. Um, I had all these physical symptoms. It was just a mix mash of things, mm-hmm. like physically and emotionally trying to figure out what I was going to do. And then leaving the U.S. and then we moved to Europe. There's just like all these things yeah. that uh, transpired to lead me here. But the good news for me is that I think over the last, I would say, you know, three years, I've done a lot of deep work that's brought me to this place where I'm living in alignment and living with what I believe to be my true happiness and mm-hmm. my truth now. Yeah. So with all that being said, I would love to, if you're, if you're open to it, to dive into your health issues a bit. So can you share more about what that looked like for you and maybe what your biggest frustration was within feeling just out of sync with your body? Yeah, absolutely. So the health issues, as, like I mentioned, they all sort they, they started to transpire when I had moved to the U.S. I had quit my job, and basically I was stuck in this unknown place, a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, mm-hmm. and it was, what am I going to do now? And I never really understood that physical symptoms could transpire due to like emotional issues. So I wasn't really dealing with the anxiety and the fear of the unknown and all of these things. I was just like, I'm living in the U S now. This is supposed to be fun. I'm Mm -hmm. with my boyfriend and I like all is well and good. So what really started to happen was I, I always like loved food and food was a huge part of my life. I grew up with an Italian family an Italian background and like food was just always something that was just there and in our presence. Mm-hmm. But I started to kind of combine food and wellness and use them um, in a way that basically got me to this place of orthorexia. So what started to happen mm-hmm. was I started to use food to control everything in my life. And I know a lot of us, especially females, use food to control our weight. But I started to use food to control like skin issues. And I had, I was having a lot of neurological symptoms like vertigo and tinnitus and um, fatigue. So I would try to eat a certain way in order to control these symptoms um, without actually realizing what I was doing to myself on an emotional level. And that just like it spiraled out of control. Mm. And I would say that, you know, there's a varying degree of like, what is an eating disorder? And I was never diagnosed with an eating disorder, but six, seven years ago, orthorexia wasn't even a thing. And now I, I know that that was a full blown eating disorder. It was Mm. just using food to control every part of my life. Mm -hmm. You've gotten to a place now where your healing journey just looks so comforting and just like you seem very at peace with yourself. So I'm curious, and I'm sure others are interested in this as well, 
But what has that process been like? Did you jump in head first after you kind of had that awareness around the the control that you were putting into food in your body? Or was it more of like a subtle process of elimination and a bit by bit experience to get to that place where you were like, okay, this is the healthy way to do this. This feels good. Right. Great question. I, I don't think I, for the longest time, a couple of years, I was in deep denial. I didn't mm. think I had an issue. And it wasn't until I call it like my rock bottom where my husband basically he had called me out several times and I knew there was a lot of other people in my life who had noticed these issues around food, but he basically called me out one night and said like, you're not happy. This isn't healthy. You can't live this way anymore. And instead of fighting him on it, like I usually would have, I basically surrendered in that moment and I'll never forget that day and that night. And I said, you're right. I, I was so miserable. I was so unhappy with my life, but just the way I was controlling everything, especially around food. So mm-hmm. I would say from that point on is when I started to make changes, but it was really um, starting to become aware of how I was thinking and feeling and using food to create my state of being. Mm -hmm. So I had a team. I think everyone just assumes it's easy to assume like I just, you know, overcame all of these things, but no, I I had worked with some people to help me get through all of these things that I was dealing with emotionally. But I think for me, what I did for myself was really, really commit to a practice that supported my well-being and that supported this whole idea of self-awareness and self-acceptance. And that really does stem um, off of meditation. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, uh, I, like, I hate to say that, like, it's meditation that uh, <laughs> has gotten me here. But I, when I say that, I, I mean it in a way that it's really just like a commitment to this practice that has really opened my eyes to how I was and then led me to where I am now. So it's a, it's a method that has worked well for me, but it's my own specific method um, now that I use. And I've worked with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Oh, wow. Yeah. So he's really been like a huge um, proponent of healing for me, but again, we can kind of look and dive deeper into what that meditation looks like. But if I had to say like where or how did I get here, it's through that practice. That's amazing. So do you meditate every day now? Every single day. It's not even, it's just when someone says like, what is your non-negotiable? It's, it's that it is just like, it's detaching myself from the outer world and it's slowing down my body, slowing down those brain waves and really pairing my intention. So how do I want to think and feel with the emotions that I want to feel and mm-hmm. opposed to giving into the things that I used to give into. And that was anxiety and mm-hmm. control and fear and the it's it's something that a lot of us give into, but I, I think it's something that a lot of us aren't even aware that we're giving into. Oh my so gosh, that, yes. 
Yeah. Absolutely. So I have a question regarding all of that. How do you combat the noise and like your boundaries within social media? Because you're very active. You have a beautiful following. You're very in touch with your community. Um, How do you work out that balance of feeling like you need to show up all the time and making sure that you are taking some moment to just like disconnect? Yeah, that's a great question. I get asked this a lot because people are like, well, you consider, you call yourself the mindful blonde <laughs> and I don't really find social media very mindful and, oh, wow. you know, that type of thing, um, which is, it, I totally understand where people are coming from and I've gotten this question time and time again and I actually had to take some time to really think about how am I going to even answer that mm-hmm. because it could be true in a lot of incidences, but the way I view my platform and my community is is one, it's work. So I get up every day Mm -hmm. and I go to work and, you know, Instagram is one part of my job, Mm -hmm. but it's still, it's still my job. So I have to show up to work just as I would if I was doing a nine to five. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you, you set boundaries when you're working a nine to five, or I hope most of us do. But for me, I don't really see social media as this negative thing. I think perception is everything in all aspects of our life, but especially with social media, I see like Instagram, for example, as just like a manifestation tool and Mm. a tool to get better and a tool to provide goodness for my community and for everyone on that platform. Mm. So I don't, I, I just don't see it in that, in that way, but I think that it, like a lot of things, like how you perceive what you're looking at is going to show, come back in your life. So for me, I just, like I said, I use it as like a manifestation tool. I use it as something that is good, where I can give back, where I can show up. And then obviously I set boundaries, like Mm -hmm. getting on your phone the second you wake up or, you know, I've shared this before too, shutting your phone off a couple of hours before bed. And I take breaks between the day and there's some days where I'm on it a lot more Mm -hmm. than others, Mm -hmm. but really it's, it's my job. So I have to show up for it. Yeah. That's such a beautiful outlook though. I think that's really important for people to hear about like you looking at as a manifestation tool. And I think for me recently, I, you know, where someone had said, is social media really a mindful thing? Should you be doing it? And my approach to that too, is that I try to tap into social media with intention, right? So what is my intention in showing up here rather than just like the mindless scrolling and also creating kind of what you were getting to is like creating the space that you want to be in. So who you follow, who you're interacting with, like all of those things come together to make it actually a really beautiful place to be and to spend time. Right, exactly. And I, if there's for whatever reason, something that doesn't feel good, or even for me now, if I'm following someone and it doesn't resonate or mm-hmm. don't make me feel good, it's, it's easy to unfollow someone. Yes. You don't have to be looking at anything that you don't want to look at, but again, and engaging with people who you want to engage with. And I just think it's, it's given me so much. So I see it in a way that has, like you said, it's creating from a place of intention and there's Mm -hmm. no expectation where I think a lot of us have this like expectation when we create from a place of intention and not expectation, things 
feel so much better and they show in our work. Mm -hmm. I guess my work is being shown through Instagram at this time. So I, you know, I hope it's a good representation of my life. (laughs) Yeah. And also I just have to praise you for a second for your boundaries. I was like applauding you from all the way over here because in your Instagram story, you had taken a second to just say like, you know, with all the DMs that you get, like, look, if you're not invested in the work that I'm putting out daily, because like you said, this is your job. I don't have the time to respond. You know, like I'm not going to take this time out of my busy schedule to respond to people who aren't invested in the work that you're creating and putting out. And I just thought that that was so amazing of you to speak so freely in that way because I think a lot of us are in this people-pleasing state of mind of like we have to do everything for everyone and that's just such a testament of living a healthy and mindful life so I really love that well thank you I went back and forth on that too because you know it's there's been incidences where there's you know people looking for information and they're Mm -hmm. looking for insight and they want you know, all the answers to all their questions. And I understand, I, I told, I totally get it, but there's so many times where, you know, I, I noticed that these particular people aren't actually following or engaging or supporting. And I only have as much energy to give as you are willing to give. Mm-hmm. So if you're not going to actually support and give good energy to my work, then I don't, yeah, like I can't hold space for you in that way. Not Mm -hmm. because I wish I could. It's just, I only have so many hours in my day as Mm -hmm. well. So yeah, I I did kind of toy with that. I didn't want to come off as, you know, I didn't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but that is the truth. And that was my truth. And last night I was like, I I need to, I need to share that. So, Mm -hmm. and it felt so good too. Good. (laughs) Yeah. It came off beautifully from an outsider. (laughs) It came off really, really well. Yeah. So I'd love to talk about spirituality for a moment. So first, I'd love to know what spirituality means to you personally. Okay, yeah. So I think for me, the word can be a little bit skewed at times, Mm -hmm. and I think it can cause a divide. And I say that because as soon as I talk about spirituality or I say the word, or even if I, you know, define myself as a spiritual person, I, I honestly feel the divide with a lot of, whether it's an audience or whether it's with friends or family. So it's not necessarily a word that really resonates with me. And Mm -hmm. I just want to bridge that gap because spirituality for me means to become familiar with. Mm. And when it comes to health and healing, we all want to become more familiar with ourselves because that's how we heal. That's how we become more ourselves. And authentically becoming more and more me, that is me. That's spirituality for me. Um, But I want to put out there that you don't necessarily, I think there's this stigma, like you need to do yoga or you need to practice Kundalini or you Mm -hmm. need to have all these crystals or, you know, you need to do whatever it is that is thrown out there in the world to be a spiritual person. And Mm -hmm. I think that anyone can, you know, be spiritual and live a spiritual life and it doesn't have to look a certain way because we all need to and want to become more familiar with ourselves. Oh, that is so beautifully put. I almost, I'm getting like 
teary-eyed because that resonates so much. I, I haven't had it sort of verbalized in that way before, but I think for me too, spirituality has really come down to my deep sense of self-awareness. That's like ultimately the path of spirituality has led me to that and that's kind of what I just keep digging for is like a deeper and deeper, deeper sense of self-awareness day in and day out. Yeah, and a deeper knowing. And I do think that, you know, you want it to be available for everyone. I think for me, like when I share through my platform, I want it to be attainable and I want people to resonate with it. And Mm -hmm. I want all walks of life to feel that this is available to them, that they don't have to look a certain way or partake Mm -hmm. in certain things to to have a spiritual practice, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And something that I really love about your business, your work, your message is that so much of it is around food. Like I see a green juice and I immediately think Danielle Mindful Blonde. (laughs) Um, But also like there's just so much more depth to, it's not just the food that you're making. It's, you have this really beautiful way of like merging the two. Um, So yeah, anyway. Thank you. <laughs> so what would you say is the biggest difference between the Danielle that you are now and the Danielle that you were before your journey to this radical healing and self-acceptance? What's the biggest difference? Oh my goodness. That's a good question. I need like a bottle of wine in two hours. <laughs> um, I would say the biggest difference is it's not necessarily around self-awareness. Well, it is because I have a self-awareness practice, but Mm -hmm. I never understood what it was like or what it was supposed to feel like when you truly accept yourself and when you truly are living in the present moment. Like when people say that now, and I think it can can be confusing for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was like to truly live in the present moment and to truly accept myself for everything as like everything that I am. Mm -hmm. Um, That I think is the biggest like forefront for me. Like when I think about the difference between me back then and me now, Mm -hmm. for sure it's having that self-acceptance and really, really knowing that, Like, this is me. This is my truth. Mm -hmm. I don't really care what anyone else thinks. And I mean that in the nicest, in the best way. For so, so long, I just tried to make everyone else around me happy. And it wasn't, like, what... I didn't make Danielle happy, essentially, Mm -hmm. is what was happening. Because, I don't know, I just feel like we are told to please everyone else first. For so many years, I was told to do that. And now I'm starting to realize that in order to help and please everyone else around me, I have to be happy and please myself first and foremost. Absolutely. It completely dims your own light and you aren't even able to live in your true authenticity if you are constantly worried about what everyone else around you is going to think or is thinking. Um, So the past, Danielle, did you always... I'm curious, did your mind work in a way to where you were always looking for like the next thing that you had to change or that you had to fix? Or were you kind of just in a state of like, 
just all over discomfort? I think that it wasn't like, I just think I, I needed a lot of help with mm. health issues. So for me, it wasn't like on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Cause okay. I wasn't solving anything. Right. There was no, like there was really no, I wasn't helping myself at all. So there was just all these issues were actually adding up opposed to like getting mm. better one at a time. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, like I don't even know if that really answers. No, the it does. Yeah. But it's just, uh, it wasn't a matter of like all these are little things that I need to do. And then they add up to like resolving a bigger issue. It was just, I was just creating more and more and more turmoil and more issues. Mm -hmm. So have you had to reevaluate any personal relationships within tapping into this part of yourself? I want to ask that because personally for me, self-growth and awareness, especially within, you know, what spirituality means to me has forced me to really look at my life time and time again and just take inventory of what was truly adding and what was taking away. So I wonder if you've had um, the same experience. With particular relationships in my life, I don't, I wouldn't say that there were relationships that I had that were like unhealthy or unstable I've always had a really really solid friend group and they remain my best friends Mm. to date I've had the same best friends since we were actually our moms were in uh like prenatal classes together no way 30 years later and I've always had such a supportive family and I've been with my husband now for 11 years. And again, he's been so supportive through this all. So I think a lot of people are, you know, they have to create these boundaries and they have to remove certain people from their lives. And that just wasn't the case for me. Mm I, I honestly was surrounded by really amazing people for, um, my entire life. And still there now I, I live this same way in the sense that like, I'm not going to entertain anyone or any type of relationship that doesn't feel like authentic and that doesn't align with the way I want to live. But Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that we all need to do and be the same. Like I have friends who have, they could care less about the wellness world or they could care less about a meditation practice or they could care less about eating healthy Mm -hmm. and still have an incredible beautiful relationship. It, it doesn't mean that I need to have everything in common with you in order to, you know, create this really great relationship. Um, and same, even with my husband, like we have so many similarities and we love so many of the same things, but there's so many differences. And if we're speaking in terms of mindfulness, like to be mindful is to be non-judgmental of everyone around you and of yourself. So Mm -hmm. if that's actually a really great note to take away too. If you are, you know, judging people and certain things that they do in your life, it's really a reflection of you and Mm -hmm. your own issues that are kind of going on. And I think for me, um, that's actually another really progressive step that I've taken in my life is that when I, when I find myself maybe, you know, judging someone or questioning what they're doing, I take a look at myself opposed Mm. to them now. Whereas before it was always like judging everyone based on what they were eating and how they were living and what they were doing. And that's just not the case anymore. Mm, That's so powerful. Yeah. I try and visualize whenever I'm triggered in that way. 
judging someone or something, I'll just try and visualize holding up a mirror to my own face and be like, what do you see there? Like, what is there to work on? Because there's something. Exactly. Yeah, that's such a good lesson. And it's a hard one to learn. You know, we're also not really given the tools to do that. No, definitely Um, aren't. Yeah. (laughs) So since the journey within self-awareness is, I mean, it's a forever practice, do you notice a certain area within your life where you still get a bit hung up? Like, kind of just like what I was saying, like, ooh, I still have work to do on that one area. Or any triggers that continue to show themselves to you? I think that, I mean, it's, like you said, it's it's a constant practice. We're mm-hmm. constantly creating our life every single day. And I think if I woke up today and decided to no longer be grateful for my life or, you know, no longer prioritize my health and myself, things would show up maybe in a, a bigger way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I've just done so like I've committed and I've done so much work that I, I look at my life a lot differently. So I wake up every day and I am grateful for what I have and I acknowledge and don't take for granted, you know, my health or myself. So really those triggers are, are so few far in between. I would say that maybe, for example, like if I, were to have like a, a tiny breakout, I would be like, like mm-hmm. that's something that used to just, oh, mm-hmm. it would just ruin my days and my weeks because I would have horrible skin issues. And now if I get a little breakout, maybe I'm triggered slightly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I realize that it's just for the time being and that this will pass and I will get over this, but there's nothing really that like pains me or that is really holding me down at this point in time. That's amazing. I think that's really expansive for people to hear too, because by no means are you saying your life is perfect. I love that you're like, I put in the work. I continue to put in the work to make sure that that's not a regular occurrence. Yeah. And it's not even something that like I even think about or entertain. Mm -hmm. I think that might be even why I can't even think of anything because, you know, right now where I'm at in my life, it's just like, I just don't even think about the issues that are going Mm -hmm. to come up or the triggers that are going to come up. Like they might come up, but I'm not even aware of those because I'm so much more aware of all of the the good that Mm -hmm. I want to happen in my Mm -hmm. life that it just, it kind of just falls short. Yeah. You just like give them a place to sit in the back seat. (laughs) Exactly. And I think another thing is our reaction to those triggers and our reaction to the things that aren't really, you know, ideal and showing up in our life. We have this power and that is the reaction time we give these things. So if something does, if something is triggering me, I'm trying my best. And this is a practice that I you know, love to preach is how are you reacting to those triggers and how long are you reacting? Because like little kids, Mm -hmm. you know, you can, you can fall down and you scrape your knee or, you know, you don't get the food that you want and you kind of cry and scream for a couple of minutes and then you get over it and you're on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I really like to hone in on that practice and do the same. So if a trigger does come up or something does come up, like, what is my reaction time here? How long am I giving myself to really react to this not so big of an issue and then get on with 
with my life. Yeah, I love that. Because it's important to feel your feelings and not just, like, bury them or try to pretend like they're not happening. Of course. Yeah. So with self-care, how do you ensure that you're always putting yourself and your well-being at the forefront? It can be so easy to make exceptions or to put yourself on the back burner. I'm sure, too, being pregnant right now, that's heightened that you're taking extra good care of yourself. And I know that you mentioned that meditation is a non-negotiable. Are there any others? Well, for me, I think, like I had mentioned a few minutes back, it's when you prioritize yourself or you prioritize self-care, I think it's like a really trendy word. We, it is like, it's a constant priority. It's a constant practice to show up for yourself. Mm -hmm. And like I said, if I woke up today and decided that like, I no longer was going to prioritize myself or self-care, then things would look a lot differently in my life. Mm -hmm. So, you know, meditation for sure. I just do the things that make me feel really good. And that's what I prioritize and that's what I commit to. So the things that I share in my day to day are the things that make me feel really good. So if that's juicing, that's what's worked for me. And I know that, you know, if I'm kind of having a slow morning and I start my juicer and I, you know, pump my body with those nutrients, I know I'm going to feel amazing. And uh, for me, a plant-based diet is some, it's like that is self-care for me because I know that that's personally what I thrive off of Mm -hmm. and taking some time out of my day to whether it's like move my body. Um, if I'm doing a short workout or I'm going for a longer walk, whatever it is, these are all things that collectively add up to bigger victories and they don't need to be these like crazy things that we do. They're just like these small little things that make us feel really good. And then in the end, like I said, they add up to, me what is my self-care practice it looks completely different than the next person but it's just wellness is about feeling really good Mm -hmm. feel good about feeling good yeah and just trusting I kind of try and say this like little mantra to myself every day just sort of like do the next aligned thing you know like I try not to give it too much weight or too much thought or you know, what is this going to do or what will people think? I'm just kind of like, okay, just do the next aligned thing. You know, if that's taking a bath at 1 p.m. because that's what feels good, I'm going to do that. Yeah, exactly. And not thinking about it so much or another is comparing what everyone else is doing. And I think a lot of us can get caught up in that. I've been there and I've done that for years. Yeah, absolutely. I, I just don't just fall for that anymore. It's not about anyone else. A self-care practice is about you and what makes you feel good. And yeah, running a bath is what makes you feel good or eating a plant-based diet is what makes you feel good. And that's great. But for some people, it could be boxing or, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be making banana bread or Mm -hmm. it can be like anything and everything. It's going to look so completely different for all of us. So again, like you have to figure out what is that works for you and what your self-care practice is, is going to be completely different than, you know, your friend or the girl next door or that girl on Instagram. Mm -hmm. But uh, tapping into that. Yeah, absolutely. So within the subject of manifestation, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on this and how you believe it works and how it's played a role in your life personally. Yeah. So when it comes to manifestation, I think that for me, um, 
again, I never really understood the word. Mm -hmm. So I, I began a meditation practice and then I realized the benefits of meditation and how it had helped me. But manifestation, I think for someone who's new to the word or new to the idea of it is that we have to embody whatever it is that we want, whether it's health or wealth or whatever it is ahead of the actual experience. So for me, when I'm I'm trying to manifest something, it's a constant manifestation. Like my life is a constant manifestation, Mm -hmm. but going back to when I say I did have really, really bad skin issues for me, I needed to understand and embody what it felt like to have clear, beautiful skin ahead of the experience. Because if you can teach your body emotionally what it feels like to have whatever it is you want before it actually transpires, that is the process of manifestation. Mm-hmm. It's almost like reprogramming your brain or it, your, your body. Not even almost. It absolutely yeah. is. <laughs> yeah. That actually is what you are doing. Mm-hmm. Really simplistic way, right? I'm explaining this in a way that hopefully people can understand mm-hmm. and use the tool to create or manifest anything in their life. And it's, it's not to say that I, I just want people to, to understand that everything and anything that they want is available to them, mm-hmm. but having to understand that you, we all can teach our bodies what those things that we want feel like ahead of the experience, but that is the work. So it's yeah. kind of like, how do you do that? And that's where, for me, a meditation practice comes in because I learned how to manifest through meditation. Was there a specific kind of meditation, maybe for anyone who's new, who's like, ooh, I'd like to dabble into that? Yeah, I would say the only type of meditation, and I don't even think it's a type, that has really worked wonders for me and has changed my life is Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditation. And um, not to say that another meditation can't work for you. I know transcendental meditation is really beneficial for a lot of people, but it just didn't resonate with me. Mm -hmm. And I wanted like, again, I wanted that, um, and the evidence based put in front of me and I wanted to see the science and to see like how this actually works and how our brain waves and our heart and all of these things are changing when we actually get really present and we meditate in, in the right way. And I think Dr. Joe does a really good job at explaining his formula and his method in order for all of us to benefit. But when it comes to meditation, basically what I was taught and what I do moving forward is that you pair an intention, whatever your intention is, um, let's say you want health and you want radiant health. So you pair your intention with an elevated emotion. So what would it feel like to be radiantly healthy? What does that feel like? Um, and when you pair those two together, that is a manifestation process happening. And if you do that day in and day out and day in and day out, eventually you're going to see your health happening. And I think that can be like really hard for a lot of people to comprehend or to understand, but Mm -hmm. 
if you break it down in like really simplistic ways that I tried to so hard to, like I said, get that intention, that really, really specific, Mm -hmm. clear intention, and then pair it with an elevated emotion. And it's not enough to think these thoughts. It's not enough to think like, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy. You have to really feel what it's going to feel like Mm -hmm. to be healthy and to be happy. And when you, like I said, pair those two together, that is like a beautiful combination to a manifestation practice. Mm, yeah, that's so good. I'll link um, Joe Dispenza's work in the show notes for everyone who wants to dabble and check out some of his meditations. Um, you also have a beautiful health and nutrition coaching business. So I'd love to hear what made you feel called to take what you've learned and implemented into your own life and decide to guide others through their own unique process as well. Yeah, that's a great question. I think in the start of all of my, basically what happens is when you are starting off in the wellness world, I think a lot of people are starting off and they're thriving and they're like, everything is going so well for them. And then for me, it was the opposite. I came into, you know, this wellness world and things kind of spiraled out of control Mm -hmm. and I wasn't well. But when I started to use wellness in a way that worked for me and I went to IN and I took, you know, the necessary steps to get a, a coaching, um, to have this coaching practice. Basically it's like, it's addicting. You want, when you start feeling really good and you find what's worked well for you, you want to help other people. Mm -hmm. So that's basically where, the coaching practice stem from. And then I think for me, it's just a combination of holistically looking at your life as a whole. So there's so much more that goes into my coaching practice now than say even two years ago when I started. And we just look at the body as a whole and every single client that I have the coaching practice looks completely different. Mm. So a lot of people are like, what is your coaching practice? And I'm like, well, it's tailored to the individual. And I think that individualized care is super, super important because there's so much generalized information out there, but really honing in on what that individual needs um, is the way to get positive benefits out of coaching. I love that so much. That's so true because... I mean, nutrition has so much to do as well with like emotional trauma and just like past history. And obviously it goes without saying that, you know, no two people are the same. So I think that's really important. That's really cool that you do that. Yeah, thank you. So who would this coaching program be best suited for? I guess to reframe that question, is it for people who are like, looking to lose weight or looking to form healthy habits or um, is there like a reoccurring client that you see most often or is this really for anyone who just wants overall health and wellness? Yeah, it's for anyone who is looking to make a change Hmm. and a lasting, sustainable change changes in their life. I don't have a client that is... 
identical to another. I mm-hmm. all the clients I have are dealing with completely different issues, um, whether they're health issues or they're emotional or it's eat food or it's a combination of both or it's can be like really like I work with people who have serious like health conditions mm-hmm. and it's honestly for anyone and everyone who is really just like, I'm at a point where I need to change and I just don't know how to change. So Mm -hmm. I think that's, that goes to, that goes for a lot of people. It's not just, um, I, I would like to say that I have more of a niche, but I just feel like what I am giving and the information that I'm putting out there and sharing is for the greater good of everyone. It's not Mm. just for, you know, that one niche specific. Yeah, absolutely. So I like to close out episodes with what I call rapid fire questions, but by all means, take your time in answering. (laughs) Don't feel like you need to rush through them. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. In this season of life, what are you most grateful for? My pregnancy. Yes. What's something that you value about yourself? My self-acceptance. Mm-hmm. What has been your most impactful life lesson? To keep the small problems small. Ooh, I love that. Are you an early bird or a night owl? Oh, I'd love to say early bird, but I'm a night owl. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> Do you prefer coffee or tea or neither? This is tough, but I have to say coffee. Coffee, yes. What is your morning routine these days? Morning routine. I mean, if you follow me on Instagram, it's yeah. standard. Um, I wake up in the morning. I sit up in my bed. I do a quick meditation no matter what. I don't even get out of bed unless I've meditated. And then I walk over to my kitchen. I grab the produce out of my fridge. I juice a big green juice. I take a probiotic, (laughs) I sit down at the table, I drink the juice, and my husband's usually there. I give myself about 10, 15 minutes, then I might have some fruit for breakfast. Um, If I'm not super hungry yet, then I go off to the bathroom, and in the bathroom, I just kind of get myself ready for the day. I'm obsessed with gua sha right now, so I and put on a little bit of makeup. I'm not like huge heavy on the makeup, and then get dressed for the day and I just feel like my best self. Yeah. You've been rocking some super cute sweatsuits these days. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Aren't we all? <laughs> it's me right now though. <laughs> I know, yeah. So what about your evening routine? Do you have a flow that you go into most nights? Honestly, I don't I'm not like a very regimented evening routine person because mm-hmm. oh, honestly sometimes I could be up till like one in the morning if I Yeah bad like I'm like sometimes I'm my most creative at night too I'll mm. actually I'll do like a lot of just like random sporadic writing it's not even journaling I don't wouldn't even call it that just at night all these ideas come to me mm-hmm. but I do the one thing I do try to commit to that's routine is shutting my phone off at least an hour before I go to bed and mm-hmm. just not giving into any type of stimulation and I'm not like a tv movie watcher really like it, it has to be something really good in order for me to spend my time doing that but um that's the only thing that was would be really routine before bed okay what is your life motto oh my goodness maybe like in this season because sometimes they change so 
Wow, that's a tough one. In this, what is my life motto? Keep the small things small. <laughs> I would just say to just be, especially right now, to to be with like what is. Mm, yes, I know. Staying in the present moment is so important, always, but especially now. Exactly. If you were a color, what color would you be? Is like white yes. count? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would choose that too. <laughs> what song or musician is on repeat for you right now? Oh, man. Song or musician that's on repeat. <laughs> that's a tough one. And it's okay if you don't have one. It's probably like Khaled, honestly. Yeah. Oh, I love him so much. He's always smiling when he's performing too. He's just like the happiest. Yeah, he's so sweet. I know. Do you have a favorite book? Yeah. Uh, Becoming Supernatural, Dr. Joe Dispenza's. He should hire you. <laughs> he, should. he should. Actually, and A Return to Love. Oh, and, yes. I mean, she's it's just such a classic. She's next level. Yeah. Yeah. That's another favorite. Are you reading anything right now? I am not currently reading. Mm-hmm. I'm toying back and forth with um, the book. It's called The Motion Code. I've mm-hmm. been reading that. There's um, another book. It's like The Raw Diet. But again, like I just like reading it just to get information. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a... I think I'm not even sure the parenting book. I've been like kind of flipping of course, through. But yeah. nothing solid. Yeah, right. <laughs> When you think of being human, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Oh, just all of the opportunity. Mm. Just opportunity is what comes to mind. The, mm-hmm. yeah, never-ending creation of whatever it is that you want. Yeah, I love that. And lastly, where can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram at the mindful blonde and my name is Danielle Shug, but it's funny because people don't know me by my name. Yeah. Um, they know me by at the mindful blonde, but that's cool too. And you can <laughs> find me um, on my website. Again, it's www.themindfulblonde.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing space with me today. I am so grateful that you took the time out of your schedule and just cracked yourself wide open for all of us. I can't wait for everyone to hear from you and to hear this impactful message on healing and just leaning into our true selves. So thank you. Thank you so much, Cassandra. It's been a pleasure. (sighs) I'm just like 10 times more calm after having that chat with Danielle. And I really hope that you guys are too. She, again, like I said in the intro, is such a light and I'm just really grateful for humans like this who exist and share their you know, authentic selves and their healing modalities with all of us so that we can also benefit and just see that it's possible. She's a really beautiful expander for me when it comes to self-healing and just self-acceptance and especially just like breathing into that calm space that we're all so desperately craving, especially now, just surrendering to what is and being appreciative for all that we have. It can be extremely hard to do this and on the flip side it can be extremely easy to live in a mentality of lack so people like Danielle are just such a gift to us all and um, like I said earlier I just I highly encourage you to follow along on her Instagram at the mindful blonde if you want a daily dose of just goodness and all around high vibrations so thank you so much for joining 
for another episode, and I will see you back here next week.